Normally, being a little extra might be a bit much, but not when it comes to healthcare. That's why United Healthcare's Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, supplement your primary plan so you manage out-of-pocket costs. Learn more at uh1.com. Getting engaged is a moment worth cherishing. A one-of-a-kind ring that you design at Blue Nile can help your love sparkle. Just choose your diamond and setting. When you found the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Finding the right engagement ring can be nerve-wracking. At Blue Nile, you'll have the expert guidance needed and a diamond guarantee that ensures you're getting the highest quality at the best price. Cherish all of life's moments and save up to 30% at BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. And welcome to the NXT TakeOver Stand and Deliver Night 2 Preview. I'm Adam Wilborn from What Culture, joined by one of the Dudley Boys, Michael Hamflet from What Culture, to look ahead to the second night of NXT TakeOver Stand and Deliver. But before we get into it, if you're a fan of this sort of thing, make sure you subscribe to What Culture Wrestling on either iTunes, Spotify, wherever you get your podcasts from, for daily wrestling podcasts where we review Raw, SmackDown, for now, I'm just going to stick with the Wednesday night war between AEW and NXT <laughs> pay-per-views. We have interviews, roundtable discussions on a round of the week complete with a bloody good quiz, of course, on WrestleCulture. As I said, they're joined by Hamlet to look ahead to night two of NXT TakeOver. Hell of a first night to follow. Uh, almost too great, I think. I, I don't, we said on the review, which if you haven't listened to it yet, I would recommend going back because I feel like myself in particular, as you once billed me as the NXT shill, Thanks very much for that. Has taken quite a lot of grief lately for what is, you know, sounds like I'm turning my back on a product. I'm not. I'm a good wrestling shill. I just want to like what I like. And I want to be real about my enthusiasm, not sort of performative or anything like that. And I don't think NXT has warranted a great deal of praise over the last few months. Um, And it did at the back end of 2020. Me and you did loads of podcasts about it. Go back and find those. Like it has felt like it's gone off the rails a little bit in 2021. And, uh, Last night, like, holy sh- where did that show come from? <laughs> we knew there were going to be a couple of things that had the potential to be great. Capital G, great. They were. It was just everything else underneath that massively over-delivered, that, that contributed to this fantastic, like, two-hour feast. Dare I say it, NXT provided the buffet. Mm. The thing that Cody Rhodes loves to talk about, the buffet. Everything was well-measured. Things were different from one another. You had... A, a differing array of wrestlers and types of wrestling and the things you wanted to get out of your show. It didn't feel like that kind of oppressive, intense two hours that NXT on a Wednesday feels. I, I, we're about to talk about a card that feels like it's going to be oppressive and like the same NXT that it dishes out every little... I want to see NXT tonight prove me as wrong as it did last night. I felt nothing better than to hold my hands up and admit how wrong I was about night one of NXT. Genuinely, earnestly... I'm not too proud to do the same thing again this time tomorrow when we're talking about night two. I hope this over delivers, but that's the key word. Looking at this card, I think it has to over deliver. Mm. Uh, I can already see a future WWE documentary with Michael Rappaport saying, NXT sucked, and then NXT TakeOver stand on delivered. Night one came along, they didn't suck no more. Uh, so let's look <laughs> at night two, and let's use the 
first night as a bridge by talking about the guy who won that NXT North American Championship gauntlet eliminator, which was surprisingly good, not to neg the performers too much. It was just the confines of a very weird match stipulation and a surreal TNA-esque setup for it all. But Bronson Reed, quite rightly, emerged victorious last night. He takes on Johnny Takeover, Johnny Gargano. It's a I mean, if you, I, I think this is going to be a real uh, sleeper hit on the night, to be honest. I felt it on night one. Um, you identified how great the uh, the nope promo from Tony Gargano was when he had the earnest moment from Bronson Reed. They, that match last night, that gauntlet eliminator was so effective that it didn't just sell you on enjoying a match that I felt predisposed not to because it was so silly and how they got there. It sold me on the payoff. It sold me on Bronson Reed as a winner and as a challenger for Johnny Gargano, it, it did more to tell, uh, admittedly a very small, did more to tell a very small story than anything they've done with this belt since Gargano won it back off uh, Leon Ruff, I think. Mm. I, I just, I'm, I'm all in on Bronson Reed, considering that he's been like 50-50 on television since, since what? Uh, what's the best thing he's done? Probably the ladder match at TakeOver 30, I, yes. would, I would say. He's been 50-50 on television ever since. Um, and yet, over the course of one night and one expertly booked gauntlet match, I'm banging to him winning. I didn't know... Like, I thought Dexter Lumis was going to win. Mm-hmm. I was feeling pretty miserable about that prospect. But what I was thinking was, well, at least that story is concluded and Gargano can move on to the next thing. I didn't have a next thing in mind. I didn't have something that exciting in mind when I was thinking about who Gargano would challenge. I don't think I need to anymore. I want Bronson Reed to win the belt and have new things to think about. A baby face, a new baby face, a Damien Priest type victory for Bronson Reed, where mm-hmm. the new baby face comes, wins the title, and has a very respectable, commendable run. Keith Lee did it as well last year, obviously, before he won the other belt and gave it up. Um, <laughs> but like baby, a baby face, a mid-card champion that you can rely on to back back the challenge of these arsehole heels. Like this could... This two-night period could make Bronson Reed as a star mm. from... I'm not going to say he's just coming from out, out in the cold, but he wasn't exactly like a hot prospect, I don't think. Um, and they, they have the chance here to put him over and make a star, especially with Gargano. Like, he's awesome. Like He's Mr. Takeover. He's whatever. He, he lives up to every cliche because he's absolutely as good, if not better, than what everybody says about him. Like I think the match will be great as well. That's what night one's done. It's given me faith that these nothing matches can be something. Yeah, I, th- I think booking Bronson Reed to win the title is the right thing. I think that's... I agree with you on that one. Always gives me pause because I'm always like, right, what does Johnny Gargano do next? But then I've done that before and then he smashed it out of the park with, with this... I mean, maybe not the beginning of it, but the heel turn that he went on and then the, you know, the spooky faces. I'm not saying he should win it back from Bronson <laughs> or anything like that, like he did with, with Priest and Ruff and all that. Um, but yeah, I, I think you're right. I think Bronson Reed needs to win. And that's not just because I want Bronson Reed to be an interim champion to get the title on my favourite guy, Cameron Grimes. So, um, and he merits it. And like you say, I think it's just going to be an absolute banger of a match between these two uh, with, with such... You know, it's, it's one of those when things where you go, right, how are you how do you portray Bronson Reed as the baby face and all this when Johnny Gargano's half his size? But it's just, Johnny Gargano's just going to be unbearable, isn't he? He's, he knows all the corners to cut as a heel. Like, what's so cool as well is that not only can, as you say, Gargano, like, cut the corners, not only can he 
not only he will cheat, obviously, to try and deal with the size disparity, but he's kind of in the Kashida match, which I didn't like, but he did sort of prove himself quite durable as a working heel as well. He didn't really rely on anything nefarious that I can remember. He did it. He did it on his own, almost to the extent where it kind of ruined Kashida a little bit. But he's got it in him. Um, Reed can sell that he's a little bit tired after having worked through a gauntlet the night before. So they, they should lean on that. They absolutely should. That's a good way to disadvantage your baby face. And I wouldn't be opposed to a bit of uh, bells and whistles as well. I wouldn't be opposed to the way getting involved. You know, the more I think about Bronson Reed, was it Bronson Reed that did the that had Candice LeRae on his shoulders? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. That's what, that's right. what, that's what you were alluding to. Yeah, well, I remember his performance as being a standout one in the match anyway, but the fact that he's got a bit of previous with the way lends itself quite nicely to this. You know, he's got, like, all of a sudden, maybe Candice can advise Johnny, you kind of need to be careful, you know? <laughs> like, yeah, do you not remember when he crushed the pair of us? And Johnny can just blow it off and say, no, it's not a big deal. Um, I don't know. I, would, I wouldn't mind seeing them all come down and try and stop Bronson Reed. It makes him look all the better if he manages to power through them all and win. I do I do like that as a visual now. Now you've mentioned it, I, I, I've thought about it, and I know they're in a match. We'll talk about that in a second for the uh, for the women's tag team titles. But I don't know why, but the image of Bronson Reed going up top to hit Wade Barrett's favourite move, tsunami, <laughs> and Austin Theory jumping on his back, and then ah, yeah. Candice LeRae jumping on his back, and then Indy Hartwell jumping on his back. And then all coming off the top rope onto Johnny Gargano as part of the finish. Kind of, kind of love that as much as I, it might be the death of Johnny Gargano. I think uh, that would be really, really enjoyable. But yeah, I see a title change there. Maybe less so as much as I'd love to see her hold a title when Candice LeRae teams with Indy Hartwell to take on Ember Moon and Shotzi Blackheart. How do you see the tag team match for the women's NXT tag team titles going? Oh, it's a bit of an uphill battle, this one. I think um, it's... Um, it's just got nothing going for it. The story was very tacked on. Uh, we have seen, so we've seen Candice LeRae and Shotty Blackheart have a television rivalry and wrestle on opposing teams at two takeovers. Mm-hmm. Like this will be the third. They were on opposite sides in your house. They were on opposite sides at war games. They've had singles payoffs. They've had tag team pre payoffs and post payoffs. Like that is done. Done as done can be, and this is an attempt to kind of shine it up and dress it up as something different. Oh, well, it's different now because Moon and Blackheart have got the tag belts and the way I want them. And let's be honest, the way the only other female team um, that can realistically challenge them on NXT at the moment, they're the only team that look positioned to do it. It's going to rely a lot on um, Candice LeRae, I think, as the, yeah. as the general out there. I'm unconvinced still by Moon. Moon and Blackheart are trying really hard. But I think that comes through a little bit too much. I think the fact that they're trying actually undermines them a little bit. It looks quite forced. Like the, their matches haven't yet felt like they're trying to tell us so much about their surprising synergy that they're not really showing it. If anything, it looks like they're having to go over. There's those, there's those devastating gaps. It, like It's a split second of like hesitation where they remember the double team they're going to do. Mm. But that's everything in a match because that little yeah. moment of hesitation is takes you out of it. You're like, oh, they're planning that next spot. Mm. Like you almost don't notice your own brain processing that split second. But it can be a bit of a nightmare when you're watching. And I think there's been evidence of that with Ember Moon and Shotzi Blackheart. I don't mean for that to sound needlessly picky. I just want them, I guess, I guess I want them to be worthy of these belts because these need very quickly to become more prestigious than WWE's 
pathetic women's tag belts, you know? Like, the, these have got to be the ones that matter. Uh, so it's an uphill struggle for them to achieve that tonight. But again, we have to use last night as, as precedent. Maybe it'll surprise us. I don't I don't see the way winning, by no. the way. Um, but I don't... I'm not that hyped for Moon and Blackheart to retain either. I'll be looking... This is very much last night's gauntlet. I'll need this to be a major surprise if it hits. Head over to Hulu this March, where our new shows and movies will keep you streaming all month long. Catch the acclaimed movie, All of Us Strangers, starring Paul Mescal and Andrew Scott. Stream the new Hulu original limited series, We Were the Lucky Ones, with Joey King and Logan Lerman. And don't forget about Grey's Anatomy. Every Grey's episode ever is now streaming on Hulu. So, what are you waiting for? Go stream something new on Hulu. Quality sleep is essential for boosting energy, recovery, and well-being. So, take your sleep to the next level with Sleep Number. With a Sleep Number smart bed, you can individualize your comfort level and enjoy a better sleep night after night. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now the Queen Sleep Number C4 smart bed is only $1,599, a saving of $300, only for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at Sleep Number stores or sleepnumber.com. Before we go any further, though, this podcast is brought to you by Rocket Money. Do you ever feel like money is just flying out of your account and you've got no idea where it's going? Well, it's all those subscriptions. I mean, think about it. Between streaming services, fitness apps, delivery services, it is endless. I'm guilty of this, so I used Rocket Money to help me find out what subscriptions I'm actually spending money on, and it was more shocking than a wrestling betrayal. You see, Rocket Money is a personal finance app that finds and cancels your unwanted subscriptions, monitors your spending, and helps lower your bills. Rocket Money has over 5 million users and has helped save its members an average of $720 a year with over $500 million in cancelled subscriptions. So stop wasting money on things you don't use. Cancel your unwanted subscriptions by going to rocketmoney.com slash wrestling. That's rocketmoney.com slash wrestling. Rocketmoney.com slash wrestling. Let's talk next about a match I suspect you're not a huge fan of, uh, but I always am in the corner of one Santos Escobar uh, for pulling it out of the bag. And uh, yeah, just really surprising everyone. He is, uh, of course, I was going to say defending, competing with uh, Jordan Devlin to decide who the real NXT Cruiserweight champion is uh, on Wikipedia. It's Jordan Devlin, because it says NXT Cruiserweight Champion Jordan Devlin. Interim NXT Cruiserweight Champion Santos Escobar. Uh, of course, this set up with uh, Shawn Michaels going, how about a ladder to decide all this? Potentially, this could be decided by the rest of Legado Del Fantasma's interference. Um, there are... How do I put this? Exterior issues to this match in terms of the one of the competitors. Uh, but as much as we can, let's try and put that to one side, Hamlet. Uh, how do you feel about all this? So I wonder now if the nature of the finish to the triple threat tag was to write out any interference in this. Like mm-hmm. they were left battered and splattered on their floor 
by both MSK yeah. and the Grizzled Young Vets. They had to do their, they had to do their, like that diving doomsday, especially from the Grizzled Young Vets. Basically, the two teams had to use their killer blows just to get them out of the way for them to have a shorter version of their match. So I wonder if that's been used as a write out tonight. Like we're going to see Santos Escobar arrive at the performance center alone, and the commentary team are going to note that where they're not here. Because did you see what happened to them last <laughs> night? You know, the earliest they're going to be back is Tuesday, and that's probably helpful for this match because it probably doesn't need it doesn't need Jordan Devlin to be baby faced in its layout. Mm-hmm. You know, it doesn't need the, them to run in and thus make Jordan Devlin look disadvantaged. I think. I think tacitly Escobar's the face here. I like to think he'll win um, and deal with the ugliness of Devlin even being on NXT. He can go back off to NXT UK where we don't have to review his matches every week. <laughs> um, it's You said it yourself. Like, can we avoid the speaking out stuff? Uh, you know, is it affording wrestling just a free pass if we don't talk about how it affects our emotional investment? If anything... If we are to put that to one side, let's just put the fact that this match, before it's even happened, has been accidentally compared to Shawn Michaels versus Razor and Rowan from WrestleMania 10. <laughs> and they're not going to top that. Like Shawn Michaels himself slides the ladder in. It's a very cute callback. Oh, there's two belts. I know how you solve that problem. But what does it make you do? It makes you like, fire up Peacock and watch that. <laughs> and if you've done that, if you've done that, Jordan Devlin and Santos Escobar haven't got Shawn Michaels and Razor and Rowan from WrestleMania 10 in them. They just haven't, especially not in the CWC. 500 people or otherwise. I got a really bad feeling about this. Um, I got a feeling that the expectation will be that they will go all guns blazing. And it, this is one of them ones where quite the opposite to the, the women's tag title match and a couple of things we were talking about on night one, where low expectations have ultimately helped. I have a feeling that this will be given more time than it needs. And maybe at some point people will start to feel a little bit disconnected with Jordan Devlin or they'll just look and think, I thought this would be better. I thought the ceiling would be higher. I just think there's a lot working against it. Um, and I can only hope that the agent in puts all the babyface profile on Escobar winning this title. Because, mm. yes, Devlin has this legitimate claim, but Escobar's the guy we've seen plough through this division in the last year. Mm. What are we supposed to make of that division if he then loses when he fights the only guy with a, with a shout for his title? Like, of all the guys that he's effectively breezed past... What are we then supposed to make of them if he loses here? It's, it's. I mean, it's it, 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 difficult to call for me this one because I love Santos Escobar. I think he's been really underrated in terms of what when they aren't doing bollocks uh, distraction finishes when he's just given matches against the likes of Isaiah Swerve Scott or whoever it is he may be facing, uh, Jake Atlas, for example. Um, I think he always knocks out of the park. Having said that, has faced everyone I can think of off the top of my head that they would set up as potential cruiserweight challengers, which is why I think there may be uh, an argument that, that Devlin wins the title and sticks around on NXT. And uh, like you say, with the, the allegations and stuff like that, it's, it's, it's obviously uh, dreadful, all of that. And it's, it's something that I really struggle with because I was so happy when Jordan Devlin won this title at Worlds Collide, there was so much potential there. I thought it was really enjoyable. And then he'd go on to have some great matches with like Leo Rush, I remember, and, and people like that. But there's, there's such a cloud hanging all over it that I have to hope for me that Santos Escobar wins because of because of all the baggage that comes with it. And, you know, 
I know WWE doesn't seem seem to be that bothered with certain people, and uh, arguably, you may you know people say they've had their own internal investigations to people. I don't really want to talk about it anymore, if I'm honest. Um, so I'll just say Santos Escobar to retain, and just have some more bangers with get Jake Atlas back in there. I bloody love Jake Atlas; he's got the best finisher in wrestling. So let's let's have him back involved in this. Uh, but yeah, it's going to be some wild spots, no doubt, in that in that ladder match. Uh, speaking of wild spots, let's talk about the unsanctioned match between Adam Cole and Kyle O'Reilly. Uh, uh, this has been an iffy build, and yet I really liked the bit with the the the, the confirmation of this match towards the end. And you just know on the night, Adam Cole and Kyle O'Reilly, given what, probably 20, 25 minutes and free reign? My word, what this is going to be. Yeah, like there's there's so much that this match can be that you just have to hope. And I'm not going to invoke one final beat here because we disagree on that match, but I'll just invoke melodrama brackets general. And especially today as we record. Yes. Like, and for change, it's not NXT we're talking about, but especially today as we're recording, while melodrama is kind of the talk of the wrestling online fan community today off the back of... A, a, a divisive dynamite main event last night. This match can be so much that I like, I'm begging for it not to descend into melodrama. Absolutely mm. begging. It's been the worst bits of the build, um, which, you know, again, um, I don't speak on these podcasts as somebody that just assumes that my word is taken as law by everybody else. NXT's numbers have been okay lately. Maybe something of that's to do with this angle. Maybe people really, really love mm-hmm. the direction they've chosen with Adam Cole and Kyle O'Reilly. And, and I'm the outlier just for not really feeling it, you know, the way I thought I would when they when they finally split the interview era up. So, you know, you have to sort of be objective and say that it's working for some. So you would like to think the match will work for everybody because Cole and O'Reilly are the type of wrestlers that don't even need a, a, any build, let alone a good one, to entertain. As you say, you trust them with 25 minutes. You trust them with 25 minutes at 25 minutes notice. Like, oh, my yeah. main event's gone down. Can I put you two in it instead? Like that, these are the type of wrestlers they are. It, but it can just be so much. There's so much history between them. You can do so many physical callbacks. I want to see Adam Cole do something really awful to Kyle O'Reilly and then do an air guitar. <laughs> you know? I want to see Kyle O'Reilly later in the match respond by doing an air guitar with Adam Cole's broken arm or leg or something like that. <laughs> you know? that's, that's one spot, but all of their shared history and the prime target told us that they're willing to explore beyond just the Undisputed Era means that if they don't call upon those things, they're kind of letting themselves down. Mm. They're robbing the audience of these things to look for and these things to enjoy. I want to see Adam Cole get scared because there's not been enough of that. Cole's a bit of a coward. That was always at the, at the core of the Undisputed Era. That's why he surrounded himself with three mates to win titles. Like, has he been a coward? He stormed into Kyle O'Reilly's judo shop or whatever it was. <laughs> yeah. Like, He's not been enough of a... I want him at some point to back down when faced with the consequences of his actions. Those consequences being that Kyle O'Reilly can kick and punch your head off. Like, I, I need that. And I would like to think um, that Bobby Fish and or Roderick Strong mm. will appear. Yes. It, might not be, it might not be to do everything, so it might not be directly related to the finish, but I want to see... So, like, basically, I want to see them either make some tough choices or make no choices at all. You know, I want them to look upon the thing and pick a side 
or look upon this thing and wash their hands of it and just be like, we can't get, this is dead. Roddy Strong picked up that armband on television and he had all these Vietnam flashbacks and it was just like, look what they're doing to each other. This thing is dead. We can't bring it back together. You know, Kathy Kelly will be on a watch along saying, look what happened to them the second that I left this company. Like, it's just, I, I, want, I want to feel like the Undisputed Era is crumbling around the remains of this battle. And I think they can get there. I do. But what's the most nicest way to say this? One final beat wasn't for everybody, was it? <laughs> so if they lean into that, we might have problems. I don't think they will. And I think Adam Cole wins. I think there is a simpler match to have down the line. And you keep holding, you keep holding Kyle O'Reilly off at arm's length. You keep frustrating Kyle O'Reilly for never being able to win this big one to the day that he finally somehow gets the title shot that actually matters. I, I'm inclined to agree, and I, I'd escalate it further, that Kyle O'Reilly says, you know, the old, this town's not big enough for the two of us. Whoever wins gets the title shot. Whoever loses is gone. Because Adam Cole needs to win the Money in the Bank briefcase for me this year. Oh, yeah. So, yeah, I think to get there, you can't have Kyle O'Reilly win as much as it would, you know, Makes sense that Adam Cole goes. Please give me one more match, and if whoever loses, if I if I lose, I'll leave. I think the story is better with Adam Cole being like, <laughs> "See, I, I told you I'm better than you." But obviously, he's slightly cut a corner, maybe, or done something to to get that victory. And Kyle O'Reilly puts it all on the line, and for once, Kyle O'Reilly can win the big one. Uh, although I'm not suggesting he's going to be world champion. Uh, we can wish, but I don't know about that. Uh, but yeah, it's something I'm. What. Uh, nervously excited about because like you say there's a fine line a, f- a fine line they've got to tread a tight rope they've got to walk and we talked about this on the aw dynamite review and sometimes when you walk in a tight rope things can all go horribly wrong let's hope that's not the case because you've got such great wrestling minds involved in this that i i just hope i just hope we're not sat here tomorrow with sidge talking about Shawn michaels telling people to look at their hands this is I, the indictment, man. This is the indictment. We shouldn't be dread. We shouldn't have any feelings of dread towards Kyler Riley and Adam Cole. No. This is we watch this show week by week and review it as a weekly television show. And this is why you can be critical of the booking because there shouldn't be any feelings of dread towards this match. No. It should be this is this should be the sort of pay-per-view buzz that you cannot wait for. I know it's Thursday, but for Sunday to arrive. You know, mm. th- this is this is one of those matches that should be making you feel that rather than that little bit of. I mean, I'm hyped as long as they don't do this. It's yeah. going to be so cool as long as they don't get on this route. It shouldn't need those qualifiers. I hope they, they're they both too brilliant. I hope they both overcome it. Uh, let's conclude then uh, with the NXT Championship match, Finn Balor versus Karrion Cross. Less a question of uh, if uh, if Karrion Cross can win the title and more of can Finn Balor survive Karrion Cross? I thought the build to this last week was was sensational just like look at how the bastard carrying crosses when he works out in the gym simple stuff like that and i i know people aren't as big a fans but i'd i'd have carrying cross murder finn balor here and leave as nxt champion i don't think you can have him lose to finn balor at least not right now and not to a non-demon finn balor one would assume well let me backtrack a little bit from what i otherwise would have agreed with you in the months before this and then I've kind of changed my mind at the very last minute. And not just because I wanted to put the demon on the front of my NXT predictions because he tends to get a few more clicks than the regular <laughs> NXT run. Um, 
Right. Let's give a bit of credit for NXT to get in where they'd wanted to go all along when they first debuted Karrion Cross. It might not have been the route or the journey, but this particular match for this particular belt felt destined to headline this particular takeover, second Karrion Cross debut. Yep. And, and they've got there. They've got there, right? Um, we could have talked about at the time the fact that Karrion Cross appeared to be this creature emerging from hell. And Finn Balor often paints himself up as a creature emerging from hell. And, you know, the, the various mirroring. And then even, well, not better mirroring, but even more bizarre mirroring of Karrion Cross handing over a title in a sling, just like Finn Balor had to do. Mm. They've got there. You know, that it kind of took on a different life after the Cross injury. Um, but they're, like, as you put it, like, they're kind of like just hard guys facing off stuff. Like, I really like that kind of, like, pub car park danger to that moment that Karrion Cross challenged Finn Balor after he'd, be, he'd beaten, um, who was it? It was, uh, was it Adam Cole? No, Roderick Strong. Mm. And Karrion Cross was just in the ring. He was just there. And it was like, oh, no, this is now then. I've got to do this now, have I? Um, and it, I, I love that. I love the energy that there was for that match compared to the one that I thought we might have had. A bit more mm. flames, a bit more... You know, theatrics, all yeah. that kind of stuff. Early this week, it just, I just decided, like Vince McMahon does sometimes, <laughs> I just woke up, one, woke up one day and just decided, I think Karen Cross is going to go to the main roster. And I think he's going to lose. I think NXT is going to start life on Tuesday with possibly the biggest star it's ever had as its champion in Finn Balor. Wow. And they're going to try again. They're not going to, not the same try again, not that his reign's been a total bust. But they're just gonna re- rethink and reevaluate as part of their new life on a Tuesday. I think Karen Cross is going to Raw or SmackDown or somewhere. And to extend that out further, if Karen Cross is going to lose to Finn Balor, as you say, the the other side of that coin is that he just murks him in ten minutes, and Balor just doesn't know what's hit him, and Karen Cross reclaims this belt. Well, what if we get the demon now? What if Finn Balor has spotted that? Karrion Cross can't be stopped as is when he's come face to face with him. Well, nose to nipple, Rey Mysterio to break. <laughs> yes. And that's what summons the demon. And we get this amazing, imagine, right? This amazing entrance of Karrion Cross. Fall and pray, fall and pray, fall and pray. And the commentators are saying something like, We know Finn Balor's backstage. He's got to watch something like this. And it's got to psych him out, hasn't it? And Wade Barrett's telling you, he's saying there, like, I've been in huge title matches before. And it's true. You try and block out all the noise. You try and block out everything, but you see something as a spectacle on this side and it does get in your head. So they've led you to believe that Cross is in his head and then the lights go out and you get the bang, bang. And now who's in whose head? Because it's in Demon, isn't it? And the Demon doesn't get beat. And you weren't expecting this, were you, Takeover? You weren't expecting this, whatculture.com, with your 10,000 more clicks because you can put the Demon on it tomorrow morning. Like, (laughs) I've started to build this picture in my head as Karen Cross's NXT send-off. Could be nonsense, but it's my turn to talk on a preview, so I'm allowed to say it. Um, your version is more worthy and more likely. I just have decided that Cross is going to be the one that Vince has got his eye on. He's yeah. going to be a post. He's going to be a post WrestleMania call up. I know you and Cedric have done that great podcast on like bizarre pushes, <laughs> but what we've not what we've not had for a while. What I'm suggesting is maybe go with Karen Cross instead of Tucker. Like, no offense, Tucker. What we've not had in a while is an NXT surprise on like the Raw after WrestleMania or in the weeks following or that the vignettes, the Keith Lee style vignettes after he lost the title. Keith Lee's coming. 
Rhea Ripley, Rhea Ripley's coming. Like, imagine that carrying cross graphic flashes up on Monday after he's lost here. There's no business left to attend to in NXT, and on he goes. He's a big, he's a big fella. He can do big, strong things. That's what I've talked myself into. Uh, listeners, just pick, choose your own adventure, choose my scenario, or choose Wilborn's, and you'll probably. Yeah, end up I think I want your scenario now. You've suggested it. If I'm honest. <laughs> And there's I, a bit of me. They both, they both work though. They both they both function in different ways yeah. to do different things. There's a bit of me that is picturing, <laughs> like on the one hand, obvious, you have Drew McIntyre on the Raw after WrestleMania being like, "Oh, well, that's enough of the bloody horse battles for me with Sheamus and oh bollocks." <laughs> but there's also another bit of me that can imagine. Plucky Daniel Bryan. Yay! <laughs> I got past Roman Reigns and Edge. Oh, no. Oh, no. Here he is. Carry crossing in. He's going to kill you. Yeah. I think I want that to happen now. I think I want to see the demon stand tall tonight. But either way, God, it's an exciting week of WrestleMania, isn't it? Jesus mm. Christ. I, 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 we complain about being busy, but I wouldn't have it any other way. And uh, I'm so excited to, for the unpredictability uh, of tonight's show, if nothing else. But uh, yeah, let us know your fantasy booking for it all and the way you think, the way you think things are going to go down uh, on Twitter at WhatCultureWWE. Well, actually, you can follow both of us. You can follow Michael Hamlet at Michael Hamlet. You can follow me at Adam Wilborn. Follow us all at What Culture WWE. As I said, make sure you subscribe to What Culture Wrestling wherever you get your podcasts from for daily wrestling podcasts, including our review of Night Two of Takeover Stand and Deliver uh, tomorrow at some point, uh, I suppose. Uh, but for now, this has been the preview of NXT Takeover Stand and Deliver Night Two. My thanks to Michael Hampler. Thank you for joining us, and we will see you soon. Do you love anime, gaming, movies, and discovering how your favorite pop culture affects everything you do? Then join us on Crunchyroll Presents The Anime Effect. I'm Nick Friedman. I'm Lee Alec Murray. And I'm Leah President. Every week you can listen in while we break down the latest pop culture news and dish on what new releases we can't get enough of. Whether you love movies... I'm going to tell you all about the uh, hopeful 4K re-release of Tron Legacy that happens. <laughs> I'm right there with you. Or music. The music in this show yeah. is absolutely yeah. incredible. Or anime. Yeah, and under this sure. mask is another mask. <laughs> you can discover your new favorites right here on The Anime Effect. Listen every Friday wherever you get your podcast, and watch full video episodes on Crunchyroll or on the Crunchyroll YouTube channel.